Uh, I am five. Ten? No, I'm five. Nine. You guys, I'm yeah, only I'm five, five nine. I'm only five nine on my license. I thought I was five eleven. I think you're time. five eight. I am five eight, but I say five nine on my license. I might be five eight too. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten shorter over the years, but it just might have gotten to be like more true in terms of my height. Yeah, my foot funny. got bigger. If that's any, if that's any better. You're five eight. I might be five nine. Am I taller than you? I'm not. I taller. think yeah. you're like an inch. You got an inch on me. Or or a half inch maybe. You know what a half inch looks like. <laughs> well, everybody, I am Bradley Schneller, and this is the Rue Fitness Community Profile. This is Nicole Sanders and Brad Scott, two of our esteemed members here at Rue. We're excited to have them. Um, I chose them because they're incredibly interesting, super warm and welcoming, and uh, my friends. So, Thanks. so they are newly engaged. Uh, we'll be exploring that a little bit. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> what is that again? Tell me what that is. It's a Morganite. Morganite. Yeah. Can you talk to him? I mean, like, I don't know much about a Morganite. Uh, it's got almost the same durability as the diamond. It's like rated an 8 and the diamond's a 10. So it's going to last a long time. But they come in varying. Everyone's Everything is like slightly different shade of pink or... I guess it's pink. Yeah. And it's yeah. bigger. A crystal, so it has certain right. properties that if you buy into that, you know, you can mm -hmm. look up what what it means, what it'll do for you spiritually or how it makes you feel. That's true. Talk, talk a little bit closer to the mic when, the next time. You don't have to be like that. I just want to see the the uh, the lights blow up. So I'll edit that out. Great. So awesome, y'all. Um, cool. So, Nicole, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? You used to be in the circus. I did. Yes. Um, so I started off, well, I went after college, um, I started taking these acrobatic classes. Uh, we now have like this ring in the gym that Nicole yeah. sometimes hangs from, and we have like these ropes. It's the special Nicole Sanders rig. No one else has our own equipment in the gym, but somehow Nicole does. Because so. <laughs> that was nice, and y'all were nice and said, okay. Perfect. Perfect. But it's fun. It's fun to watch. Anyways, so I... After I started taking classes, just like with my equipment hung up for this lady here, and um, she was like, hey, you could do this professionally. And I was like... How old were you? Oh, 24? 24. Yeah, after college. What were you doing at the time, after college? I was actually working at Loyola, the administrative assistant to the honors program, because I graduated from there. And you're like, I'm going to quit that shit and well, go join the circus. Yeah, because I was studying for the GRE. Hell yes. <laughs> so I was like, graduate school or circus school? <laughs> and I had to present this thing to my parents, because they have money saved for my graduate school. And I was like, this is why I should use my money for circus school instead of graduate school. What was that reaction like? They were a little hesitant at first, <laughs> as you can imagine. But then they saw you swing? From a rope. And yeah, they, they saw my classes, and they were like, you know what? She really wants to do it. I don't know. They're just so, super supportive. Like, Watch the shake. Oh, unbelievably shake. so. It's okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you see the camera shake? I do. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they fully supported me, and I still worked when I went moved out to San Francisco. Oh, you see, moved to San Francisco. Yeah. You know, it's pricey, and circus school is... So, you used that, that college fund up quickly. I did. Yeah, it's pricey living there. What did you do in circus school? Okay, so we, man, what a 
it's like regular school. Like you go to classes. So I had a, a four year program or were you in the executive oh, program? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. No books. It's not like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. So we had contortion class. We had a conditioning class. We had an acrobatic class and then we had our specialty classes. So I did cloud swing and, um, rope. And I imagine you moved up in levels as you went. Or? Oh yeah. Then you could start to do all your classes more specialized, but you always had to do like acrobatics class and rhythmic. So how long was it? Classes. I did it for two, no, almost three years. Cause I moved up there first, started taking classes. Then I got accepted into the program, then did the program. Then I tore my ACL, but I kept taking classes. Right. And then I started touring. What was it like? Um, well, have you ever regretted that? Like, leaving and going to do the circus school? No. No? No. Awesome. It's one of the best decisions. I mean, it's led you to this point yeah. here, which gives you this nice rock oh. on your finger. <laughs> circus school leads you here. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it did help me self-actualize and realize who I am and mm -hmm. through all the trials and tribulations and living the circus life, like... I don't know. I'm just more comfortable and confident with who I am now. So how long did you actually perform for? Five years. Yeah. Five years. Mm -hmm. Touring around the country or the world? Both. Well, the only place I went to around the world was in Peru. Okay. And you were with what circus? Uh, Cole Brothers. And then the last one was Ringling Brothers. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And what was your main job with them? You were... So I did, for Cole Brothers, I did Lyra, um, Straps, Cloud Swing, which is my personal favorite. Can you explain what Cloud Swing is? Oh, okay, yeah. Brad, have you seen her do the Cloud Swing? He's on video. Only right? on video. It's, oh. it's so cool. So, so it's a thing of about a big rope, and either end is attached to the ceiling pretty far away. And then at the center, I'm sitting and standing on it, like pushing mm -hmm. the swing and then doing tricks on the back and then on the front. That is... Pretty cool. I did have a safety line, so. Okay, so let's just jump into this. When did you start getting shot at the cannon? Uh, that was after Cole Brothers Circus. It was weird. It seemed all like coincidental, like they were ending, and then my friend was like, "Hey, this guy's looking for a cannon girl for Ringling Brothers." She's like, "You should audition, or at least request his name." Mm -hmm. So I requested his. Friendship on Facebook, and I woke up the next morning to a message from him. He's so blunt. He's like, "Hey, you want to be the can girl for Ringling?" I was like, "Uh." So I thought about it for 15 minutes, less and then I said, "You think less?" Maybe. It was it was a I short span because I was like, "I'm either in or I'm out." Like, what, what's it feel like getting shot at the cannon? Hmm. Well, can can you explain how it works? No. Okay. All right. Can't explain how it works. <laughs> That's fine. I know there's proprietary information there. Can you? What did it feel like? I'll tell you. I will tell you. It's not gunpowder. Everybody assumes it's gunpowder. But it's oh, okay. Not. I mean, that's fine. But like, what's it? Really, there is. I know people. No like, there's really no other feeling. I mean, maybe. Like a water slide, backwards. Well, we're gonna <laughs> right, go skydiving no, soon. Yeah, I've never so, been skydiving. Maybe it feels maybe. like. Although you're being propelled and you have to control your body so that you don't land an odd way that could harm you so it's i don't know it just, really it's just unlike any other feeling how far did you travel on average through yeah, the air it was about 100 feet the whole <laughs> the entire distance yeah 
That is fun. So, it's for those of you who don't know, um, when I first met Nicole, I didn't know she was a Canon girl, but her like avatar or her social media handles are Nitro Canon. Um, and I'm like, why the hell is this girl's name Nitro Canon? And then, what? <laughs> like, what a weirdo. Why would anyone? Yeah, I, I, didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know you then. Um, but her, her Facebook profile picture is her in the Canon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, we need to we need to talk to this girl. Is that what attracted you first to her breath? No. <laughs> what, what, what was it? I saw her in the gym. Stretching. Stretching. And I was yeah, like, right. she is really flexible. And she doesn't really talk to anybody. She was pretty quiet when she started. Yeah. You were really quiet when you started. Yeah. So I was like I was like, maybe she just wants to be left alone. So we just I just started talking to her as a friend and we became friends. And then it progressed from there. But nothing really, nothing attracted me to her in terms of like, her circus oh, I want to date this girl because of this reason. It was like, I really want to get to know her because she seems very, um, not, what the word I'm looking for? Like, unique. Uh, You're definitely unique. Unique. You're the only Why? girl that rolls around the gym and roller skates. So, <gasps> so much fun. Yes. Everybody should do it though. Yeah, uh, for Nicole's birthday. Yes. Uh, Brad bought her some roller skates. Um, I actually found out that you can change the wheels out if they get a little jacked up. Um, so that's news to me. Um, and Nicole's been before and after class. Is how she warms up and cools so down. Fun. Yeah, I mean, how did you decide you wanted to do that? Well, I don't know. Like you know, we did it as kids, didn't yeah. you? Do it? Yeah, I had rollerblades. Yeah, I told that story. I want to switch to four wheels because the rollerblades are like skis, and it hurts my shins. Yeah. And these. I can't stand them. Hey, you it. should. It's so much fun. I don't know. I just remember having so much fun. And I love, like, fitness stuff where you have fun. So I was like, Brad, do you know what I want for my birthday? Some skates. And then we can go skate together. Do you have skates yet? I do not have skates. I'm waiting for the skater size class that, that Nicole's going to start. I'm not doing that. And then I'll buy skates. We're talking about this. This is something. <laughs> it's in motion. I'm not even good. Do you all see me? Skating exercise. I think you're pretty good. You, you spin. You do, like, a little half circle. Yeah. Which is pretty decent. Well, I'll need like a year to solidify that and then we can go on that. Yeah. Awesome. So, Brad, you are currently an attorney. Yes. Can you tell us what type of an attorney you are? Uh, I do criminal defense work and uh, state planning and successions and gun trusts, which are trusts to help people get highly restricted items like suppressors, fully automatic weapons, things like that. <laughs> the, awesome. the toys. But I you do it. other things with the gun trust too, right? Like the, that's it. That's what it's mainly for. Ah, okay. So, Brad, the other thing you do, though, you're a public defender as well, right? Yes. Um, which I think is super noble of you. There's not enough public defenders in, in the country that care about their work. And I know you do care. Yes. I, I take it very seriously. And when people tell me I hear this a lot, they, they, they're giving me a compliment or telling me I did a good job. And then they tell me a horror story about a public defender that they had in some other parish or a friend who had a public defender. And I hate hearing those stories. But I know they're true. I know that there's some people who are overworked. Is it just because they're overworked is why? I think it's because they're overworked. And I think that some of it is because they became like my position is part time. So I only have to work as a public defender you know, 30 hours a week. So some people think to themselves, oh, I just have to work 30 hours a week on this. Well, there's some weeks 
if I'm in You're trial. You're doing that plus all your other stuff as well. Yeah, or if I'm in trial, I'm doing the public defender stuff for 60 hours that one week. I, it, but that's that is that's what it requires. It's somebody's they want to put somebody in jail for something. It's worth it. I mean, that's, right. that person is it's their life whether it's a year in jail even if it's just probation. That person sees it as their life is on the line. You know, they could lose a job. They could, anything can happen and so I take it seriously. And imagine like you approach every case with hey this person is not guilty, right? You have to, right? Yeah, oh, to mean, me, it so. doesn't matter if they're guilty or not guilty. It's your job to get them off. Yes, and I think of, well, what what can I do here to to help them in any way? Whether it's, Reduce let's get sentence. a reduction, yeah. or can I get a dismissal without even going to trial? Can I show the DA's office how they are wrong or or why my client could not, could not have done this? And then we don't even have to go to trial. We can just mm-hmm. give them their freedom right now. Awesome. Also, it's because, like, the justice system, I mean, you've said this before, is, like, not a well-fair No, it's not. It's, you know, it's, so. Right now, it's uh, guilty until proven innocent, right? Yes. It's guilty until proven innocent, and the system, it's, everyone's a number. It's not a person. So, one of the main things that I like to do when I first meet my clients is, is you know, Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? How many kids do you have? Is your mom and dad still alive? Do you help take care of them? And then I, well, the first time we talk about the sentence with the judge, I present all that. Judge, you're going to sentence a person here. You're not going to sentence, you know, case number 19-1245. Like, you, this is a person who has a job, who has people who love him, and that's what I want in your head when you try to decide what you're going to sentence because the judge can throw out oh five years like do you know what five years is right do you like uh, fathom that like spending five years in prison your whole life is gone at that point at least to me that's how i would think no i mean i i couldn't imagine it have you ever left a case and just been like heartbroken yes it happens a lot it happens if i if i have either a client who i think it's in their best interest to plea and I've gotten them a really good deal and they insist on going to trial um, and just based on the testimony get their butts handed that they're found guilty and they get handed a very large sentence and weirdly enough it happens the other way around I had a case where uh, my client was charged with with murder and uh, he would never told me he said he didn't do it. He never told me who did it. And my investigator and I figured out that his brother did it. Oh, shit. And I said, I have, and we're sitting down for a trial. I have my binder. I said, I have my, I have this right here. And I'm going to prove that your brother committed this murder. And he goes, I want a plea. Give me a plea. And he took 40 years for manslaughter. Cause How he old did was he? He was the older brother. He was probably 24. Oh. So then he did not want to... So he didn't want his brother to go to prison. What was that like for you? I was, I was angry. Mm-hmm. That was at a time in my life where my first, my first emotion was anger because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to process emotions. Um, so I was, I was angry. Um, I was angry for selfish reasons because I could have gotten not guilty on that. Right. And I was angry because I could not understand why someone would agree to spend 40 years in prison 
for a crime that they did not commit. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So, so Brad, you've been with us for three years? Four? I don't know. Do you know Nicole? I think four. You've been with us for two? Yeah. Two years? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so before you were with Rue, you were, you were just at a regular gym. Yeah. Doing exactly. bodybuilding stuff. I don't know if you guys can tell. Brad, can you show your guns real quick? Can, can you flex for us? Brad. For those of you who are just listening on iTunes, Brad just flexed his biceps and they are pretty jacked. Um, Not that I measure them, but I think it's about 17 inches. <laughs> Mine are about half. That, that, who's counting? Um, so before you started CrossFit, you just did typical bodybuilding stuff, right? Yeah, just a, like a, a gym in a strip mall with machines and maybe a couple free, like a dumbbell rack and a couple free weights. But mostly it's go from this machine to this machine. To this, yeah. How long you been, were you doing that? Since I was 13. Since you were 13? Yes. Yeah. All right. So like, can you tell me a little bit about like what inspired you to start working out at 13? Um, and getting into that. Tell me about the coasters. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the person's name, though. Uh, Arnold. That's correct. Okay. So, <laughs> so, Nicole said, tell me about the posters. Let's hear about the posters. Okay. So, my mom, uh, what, so when you get the, the bodybuilding magazines back, I was born in 1980. <laughs> uh, in the early 90s, you would get bodybuilding magazines, and they would have a, a Magazines are what people learn stuff from <laughs> uh, before the internet kids, for yeah. those of you who are listening, they were born in the 90s. And there was a poster on the inside in the middle, so you tore it out, and there were two sides to the poster. One side always had a bikini girl on it. The other side had a, a man all oiled up, posing on stage, and he was really, really muscled. And I chose to put the muscle guys on my wall in my bedroom. Oh, my And my mom sat me down one time and she's like, Brett, you know, it doesn't really matter. I, I'm just asking, but um, does this is this what you're attracted to? She was asking me if I was gay. How old were you when she asked me if you were gay? I remember maybe 13 or 14. And uh, and I was like, no, I just that's what I want to look like. And she was like, okay, but for the record, Are that doesn't gay? look good. <laughs> that's what she said? She's like, nobody's attracted to that, Brad. Lots of people are attracted to that, Mom. I agree. <laughs> but I couldn't look like that. And then I learned that you have to take lots and lots and lots of steroids to look like that. But you got into that, and you started working out at 13. And, uh, like, how did your fitness or, or what you thought was fitness evolve from, you know, from 13 to 30? Yeah. And I would say it's still evolving. I, I, it should always be evolving. But I mean, like in that particular, because that's mainly when you were involved in bodybuilding, right? Yeah. Before you kind of got into functional fitness. Um, tell me a little bit about that 13 to 30, like the evolution there, just mainly within the bodybuilding world. So I'm looking at, I, I, wanna, I, I, want, I want symmetry. I want big muscles. Uh, I could care less about cardio until right. it came time to, for summertime and to show the abs. Like that's when Brad what, first started at Rue, he could not run two meters <laughs> without hacking up a lot. Is lump. that true? I almost threw up during the warm-up on the first time. And I looked over at the person next to me and I said, this is the warm-up? <laughs> okay, so keep going. So you, so you worry about symmetry, stuff like that. Yeah, and I, to me, 
that was that was fitness, mm-hmm. even though I was not in shape. But you look good. But I looked good. Right. Um, and and honestly, I wasn't even really that strong because you're working out for hypertrophy, uh, gaining muscle not mass, not for not for strength. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was up until probably that was up until college, and then I played rugby in college, and then running became more important. But so was size. Uh, I didn't know you played rugby in college. Yeah, that's cool. So I was so then I was big, but also could run um, with the help of of some uh, of substances. Okay, and like like stuff that's not that's not WADA approved. Okay, all right, but and that helped you with rugby. Yes, uh, it's going to increase. You take things to increase. Stamina. So you played on the club team at LSU. There's a club team at Tulane. Oh, Tulane. Yeah. Tulane. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I didn't know you were a Tulane grad. Hullabaloo, right? The Hullabaloo. Yes, I actually wrote an article for the Hullabaloo. We, why can't we say that word? Hullabaloo or Hullabaloo? <laughs> no, the first. Hullabaloo. Yeah, okay. I don't right. know what that means. Roll wave. Okay, got it. Um, and you play rugby all four years? Yeah. And then uh, and then after, after college... I didn't have to run anymore because I didn't have to play rugby, so I went back to let's just get big. Uh, and then Jonathan Burke, actually, uh, who I went to high school with, and he's a coach here, he kept telling me for months, maybe even a year, like, hey, you got to come check this place out. Hey, you got to come check this place out. <laughs> so the first few times I met Brad, <laughs> he was just like creepily standing in the corner at the gym. Like, just staring at us. I actually, and this is funny, I agree with your mom. I thought you were gay, too, for a while because yes. you were just, like, watching us work out. Um, and, again, that's totally cool. But that's what I thought for the longest time I until you actually, yeah, well, you looked good. You cared about your appearance, you know. Um, and you liked watching guys work out, which is totally, I get it, too. I like watching guys work out, too. Um, <laughs> part of my job. But, uh yeah, you just you just kind of stood there. I, one time was like after the Irish Channel Parade practice or something, or you came in and your hair was like spray painted green. Mm-hmm. That was for the open event. Yeah, I was like, in jeans. You were watching us do bar muscle ups, and you're like, "Oh, I can do that." You couldn't, and I could. Yeah, <laughs> everything yeah. I saw, I was like, "I can do that. I can do that better than that person." <laughs> and, then, and then you try it, and I couldn't. Yeah. But now you can, so that's good. Yeah. Um, Nicole, what kind of, in circus school, what kind of working out were you doing? Oh. Um, it's weird because it was, you know, all day, every day. And we weren't, the amount of calories I was putting in my body for the amount of working out I was doing was insane. Like, tell me. Like, how many? You were so, just eating all day? No, no, no. The opposite. Oh, shoot. So, You're starving yourself. Yep. Only for breakfast, I'd have two eggs, um, some greens. Well, usually just one egg and then the rest whites. And then for lunch, I'd have a protein bar. And then for dinner, I'd have a, like a salad about this big. Or not dinner at all. Were you just like hating yourself for the longest time? Well, yeah, it was hard. I think honestly that's why I tore my ACL the other time because I was just so undernourished and they were pushing us so hard and I was exhausted. My body was just exhausted and I couldn't bounce back. So, yeah. yeah, But it was mostly like a lot of conditioning work. You weren't doing a lot of strength work. 
No, correct. And the strength work we were doing was a lot of body weight stuff, like pull-ups. Um, which are good. Which are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of V-ups. Like, our abs were, like... Uh, Nicole does have the best ab-looking exercises in the gym. Um, if you watch her, her V-ups look like art. Um, along with her hollow body rocks. <laughs> Anytime she does something on the rings, it is very pretty to watch. Yeah. So. Cause like, Congrats. thank you. That's all. Well, that's all we did basically. And then our teacher would strap like weights onto our legs and then in our arms, and we do the V ups like that. Like it was just all, yeah, yeah. We should do that. The next level. We should get leg weights and do yes core work with that. I'm down with that. Yeah. So um, now, Nicole, you you work at Lululemon. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, the lemon. The lemon. How long are you working at Lululemon? I guess about two and a half years. Yep. And yeah. I'll just spill the beans. That's how she found us. It is. Right? Yeah. And what was your first impression of the functional fitness gym when you walked in? Um, well, so Mel, your sister, I worked with her. So she kept telling me, you should do it. You're going to be good at CrossFit. Like, you should do it. And I was like, I don't know. Because here's the thing. I used to make fun of CrossFit people. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because of one instance, though. My circus friend and I were in Vermont, and we were we're at dinner with these CrossFit people, and all they talked about was their Metcons. Or their, I don't even remember what they were talking about. It was all CrossFit terms, and I was like, well, this is rude and narcissistic. Like, why would you just talk about So it's people? funny. is like my first five years of CrossFit, all I did was talk about CrossFit everywhere <laughs> I went. And now when someone like – if I'm out at a bar drinking or at dinner or at a party and someone wants to talk about their neck kind of day, I'm like, shut the fuck up, okay? Like I don't want to hear yeah. about your workout anymore. Well, so I totally get yeah. it. Like I'm over it. Um, I think everybody has these ebbs and flows of their CrossFit life. Um, you're Both of you are still pretty young in your CrossFit life, so you probably still talk about your workouts a lot outside of the gym. Maybe you not. Brad definitely does. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> Brad definitely does. Or if he's not talking about his workouts, he's probably talking about how much he's squatting, which is normally a shit ton, or how much he's deadlifting, which is normally a shit ton, or how much he's bench pressing, which is normally no, less, than a shit less than a shit ton, but still more than most. So that's why his pecs are pretty huge. Yeah. yeah. So you walk in, you're, you're like, we're going to make fun of these yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, I can't let that one experience skew me. So I'm like, okay, well, Mel keeps, and I knew Sarah too because I danced with her. So I was like, okay, these are good people. So I'm just gonna like come in and try. I didn't even take a fundamentals class. Mel was like, yeah, yeah, just jump in. And I'm like, what are these? I had never picked up a barbell before. You learned pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, I'm good. Like when I'm watching someone do the movement, it it's easier for me to pick up because mm-hmm. it's like a body coordination right. thing, you know, dance, circus. So I was doing it, and I was like, yeah, that was fun. And then it kept me coming back because... All the guys were super hot. Yes. Oh, boom. But she means no. that Brad S, not this Brad S. Both these Brads. Oh, oh. that makes my day. No, but what really kept me coming back was the workouts were so much fun. Right. It was like I was back in circus school with like-minded people a different workout all the mm-hmm. time, but but it was more exciting because circus we did the same shit all the time. Right. I mean, you would get a good trick out of it, but you had to for a long time keep going it. But this was like you mix it up, everything's different. You were sore all the time, which I love. I'm a weird person. No, I like love that. I love being sore. Like the other day, I couldn't get out of bed 
because of the squats on <laughs> Tuesday. Like my body, I, for the record, I did have a, like a little 24 hour flu bug that oh. hit me pretty hard. Um, but my body was in pain mostly because like I squatted the shit out of it on Tuesday. Yeah, that was hard. That was hard. Um, but I loved it. Yeah. I love feeling super sore. There's a, so it's interesting because I follow a lot of these strength and conditioning coaches around the country. Um, and they say that you, sh- you should not have um, delayed onset muscle soreness mm-hmm. or DOMS. Cool. Okay. They say you shouldn't have that. And if you have that all the time, that's poor programming. I'm going to disagree with that a little bit because you need to push your body every now and then in order to break through some plateaus or gain some progress. And you know you're pushing your body if you have that soreness. Right. So if you're like sore from Monday, you take a couple days, you flow through it, you don't push yeah, it as hard. hard. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things we've done here at the gym is we've kind of gotten away from scoring a lot of our workouts to just scoring a couple of them uh, a week, which I don't know how you feel about that, Brad, because I know you're super competitive and you want to know what's in the whiteboard. I know a lot of people like the scoring, um, but what I feel like that does, and maybe Nicole, you can answer this for me, is it takes the pressure off of people to like insanely push themselves. Absolutely. Because I was also, I'm, I'm a competitive person, so when you were when we were having those scoring things, and I'm not at the level, you know, but I no, you try hard though. You, I try hard. I yeah. try to do the RX thing, and I would kill myself trying to do it every time. But now I'm like, now eased off. Yeah, I'm I'm like that too. Like I'm like uh, today doesn't really feel like it. I'm just gonna flow through this, and I'm like, man, why is this so hard? I can only get three rounds on. Oh, it's because you have the flu and you're yeah. working out. <laughs> don't ever do that. That was way. Tuesday. Yeah, don't come yeah. here with the flu. I don't want to get sick. Well, I didn't know I had it. When I went home, I, I didn't I didn't show up to the gym yesterday because uh, I waited till I was 24 hours free of fever before I showed back up to the gym. Yeah, a little bug, but I was like had the chills oh, and yeah. I was I had like three shirts on and two pairs of pants on and I'm like laying on the covers like this. Uh. That's when you know you pushed it too hard. It was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I will say though that when you program something not for time, it's usually good. Because it's uh, it, movements in that are movements that you shouldn't rush. Mm. I agree. I agree. So, for example, um, Tuesday. Okay, we we that Monday was a burner where we did this upper body workout, um, and it was super intense. Yeah. 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 Um, and then Tuesday we squatted heavy, so I didn't want to do something super intense. But I wanted something to just flow for time over the course of 16 to 20 minutes, depending on which class you were in. Um, and the movements we had in it were stuff like Bulgarian split squats, split squats with a goblet, tuck-ups. Um, we also did kettlebell uh, swings and, and hip thrust, single leg uh, hip thrust or, or glute bridges off of the bench. And with the glute bridges or the hip thrust and the... Um, the hell am I talking Bulgarian. about? Bulgarian split squats. You want to concentrate on your technique there. You're not trying to rush it. You're trying to get full range of motion, um, squeezing different muscle groups. That's a bodybuilding thing, right? The mind-body. Yeah, Mind-muscle connection. Mind-muscle connection. Um, and really emphasizing that rather than if you're trying to score that, then there's a good chance that most people, not all people, most people are just going to fluff through that. Yes. And they're going to get actually a worse workout than if it's not scored and they're concentrating on the movement. Or injure themselves. Oh, or, yeah. or injure themselves. Which is what I would have done when I first got here. 
because mm-hmm. I was all about being at the top of that leader. Yeah, I, it's really interesting to see Brad's evolution uh, because I feel like, and maybe this is the Nicole effect, I'm not sure, <laughs> but Brad, uh, when he started the gym, you were all about like, I'm going to crush this shit, let's go, <laughs> ah! and now it's like, well, you know, I'm going to push it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to squat some heavy weight, but like, this is how I feel today, I'm going to back off, like you're just more relaxed, more chill. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm starting to listen to my body. I'll be 40 next year. Woo, 40. You don't look it. Okay, you look Thanks. younger than me. Um, but do you think that's because of your age and wisdom or, or because you were in a really happy place with your relationship or just time from working out or all three? Uh, I think it's because uh, I, I was using uh, my physical appearance for the way that I wanted to people to see me as a mask mm-hmm. so if people saw me as all oh, this this buff looking guy who can do all this great athletic stuff they wouldn't look any deeper because I, I wasn't happy with with what was deeper mm-hmm. um, so I, I kept that as a front um, and uh, since then I've done a lot of work on myself um, and I am happy with who I am I'm happy with where I am in life and I no longer need that mask or that front, so I don't have to. I don't have to do that for. So if I'm going to squat, you know, whatever weight I'm going to squat for five reps, I'm not doing it to see who's looking at me. I'm doing it to see if I can actually do it. And yeah, you do it for yourself. And if I have to dump it on the fourth rep, which I had to do the other day, it's going to happen. I'm not going to stay under the bar and get injured just to prove it to somebody. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's awesome, and you know, I. I kind of did the same thing for myself, like owning a gym. Uh, I started a gym because I wanted to help people, um, and I really enjoyed doing this. I also wanted to own my own business, but I felt like I needed to be the best at everything. Yeah, you said that. So, like, I had to go 100% every fucking day, okay? And you were in first place almost every oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> almost every time, you know, for a while there. Um and like it got to a point where I couldn't do that anymore, you know. And it it's exhausting mentally, physically, um, and I wasn't happy. But I did that because like, you know, I got to prove this. I don't. I didn't look like I wanted to look, so I felt like I had to perform a certain way. Um, and I maybe it's you know I, I fixed my diet. Uh, I got some hormone replacement therapy um, through my doctor um, and. I don't know. I feel a lot more at ease. And it's like in the past year, I, or maybe longer, maybe a year and a half, two years where I felt like I don't need to do that. You know what I mean? And I just work out for myself. And there are days when I'm like, let's see what, what my body can do. And there are days when I'm like, right, I'm just going to have fun today. Get yeah. 35 minutes of exercise in. That's all. Yeah. But you don't have any of those issues on the call. Oh, with exercise? Tons. Tons? Yeah, are you kidding me? I started off in ballet, so I've always had so a... So you've been fucked in the head for a long uh-huh, time. that's right. <laughs> no, I used to... I, my relationship with food has always been negative, really. Mm-hmm. I, like, from ballet. You know, they... Well, they tell us not to eat so much. Right. Like, the ideal in ballet was very thin. And then when I get to circus school, she actually told us 
she told me to stop eating as much. She's like, you're looking large, Nicole. You not eat so much. <laughs> yeah. She's like, why don't you go for a run? Like she said both those things to me. So, yeah. Those Russians are blunt. Yeah, she, she was straight to the point. Um, so how were you able to overcome that? Really? Once I stopped circus, I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. I still wasn't eating enough in the circus. And I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm stress-free. Like, I don't have to worry about dying every day. <laughs> like, I can just work out and eat normally. And then I, I couldn't. I I don't even know if I told you this, but I was using laxatives at one point. because Did I was, stay skinny? Yeah. Which was unhealthy. How long, like, how every long time, ago was that? Two years before I started CrossFit. I was like... Let me, if I ate too much that I thought was inappropriate amount, right. I would use laxatives. And so I started coming here and I'm like, hey, I need this nutrition to help me with my workouts so I don't crumple, right. you know? And I don't know, I just, I knew that that was always wrong to do. And I was like, okay, well, it's time for me to like grow up and realize did you have to get outside help on that, or you just figure it out yourself? No, I just figured it out myself. That's good. I knew it was, I mean, you know. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I need to find a healthy balance between eating, being okay with eating healthy, nutritious stuff, even if it was more than I thought I should, but in reality it's not, and then not working out three times a day. Remember when I used to work out three times a day? Yeah. That was when I first met you, right? I don't remember that. That's more I do remember you being at the gym a lot. Yeah. You're not at the gym as much anymore. Right. So both of those unhealthy habits, like, I don't know. I feel like I've started to calm down a little bit and be like, look, I'm not a professional athlete anymore. Right. Not that I ever should have had that mindset, but that was my mindset. Like, you work well, out you kind nonstop. Of, you were a professional athlete, basically, in the circus. Yeah. I mean, I was working out. That, you, that's what I did. But you didn't eat like one. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So it just, it just took time. And then coming here, you know, having y'all support. And I did a couple of y'all's nutrition programs, mm -hmm. which was great. Very informative to me. So, and, and Emily always stressed, like, if you have some stuff, like, don't worry about it. Like, it's not the end of the world if you right. have some chocolate cake or, you know, just, like, let it go. Yeah, it's I fine. feel like... I feel like everybody knows what they're doing, you know, or uh, what their intake is. And it's just about self-actualization, though. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think when people get on the, there's two spectrums, right? Which is not eating enough and then eating too much. And then there's that middle ground that we should all live in. And, and both people on the extremes aren't or do not have that self-actualization, right? Like, they're not they're missing the three or four other things they're eating or not eating, you know? Um, and then it takes a while to get into that middle and have that balance, but, you know, that balance is what it takes. Yeah. What? Balance. I feel like that's everything. Balance is everything? Brad helps yeah. me, too. Brad helps you? How does he help you? Well, I tell her, are you sure you want that fudge sickle? And then she eats it anyway. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's all right. My, but yeah, that does happen. I get nutrition advice in the middle of meals. Like, you're eating kind of fast. Why don't you take some breaths? 
I do. I'm notorious for that. I, mean, I mean, I'm trying to put my fork down between bites, let go of it, and then pick it up. And there's, I can always hear Emily's advice in my head. Um, it's or the thing she tells everybody, and it's one of the two biggest issues, probably, if you asked her, is like distracted eating and, and mindful eating. And so, mm. trying to be mindful while you eat and not be distracted. And if I can do those two things, I, I definitely don't eat as fast. But when I'm home at lunch and I'm like just trying to de stress and I put like a TV show on or a dinner or something like that, if I put a little Netflix on while I eat dinner, it's game over. And then it's gone. Yeah. And then and it's you're gone. like, wait. And then I like want to eat another plate. But I've been really good uh, recently about eating and then just chilling and letting my stomach catch up. What do you do while you eat to eat? So how do you slow yourself down? How are you mindful? I have conversations or so in uh, my nutrition handbook, it, it discusses a lot of like, you know, when you talk about the muscle mind connection, when you're working out or doing mm-hmm. bodybuilding or whatever, it would be similar in terms of the connection between your mind and what you're eating, like smell the food, taste it, you know, think about what you're eating, those types of things helps you become mindful. Um, and if you do that, you have a lot better opportunity to not overeat, not eat too fast, avoid some terrible circumstances. So, yeah, we should try to eat without Netflix. Maybe that would help too. Yeah, I can. When you're not home, I I eat at the kitchen island. Oh, I eat at the kitchen island. But we like my dining room table is too far away, so I, I, we eat most of our meals at the kitchen. Yeah, I'm pretty We've used our table once. Awesome. So what kind of things have you maybe learned about yourself when you entered the world of like functional fitness and start trying to maybe push yourself in more of a performance related exercise? Okay. Um, um, I'm not as good as my ego thinks I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore leave your ego at the door. There's always somebody better than you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's always somebody better than you. It might not be the same person that's better than you in everything, but there's always somebody better than you in something. Right. Always. You know? Um, so, I mean, like, I just I just want to be decent at a lot of things. <laughs> I'm not striving for excellence at anything. Above average. Above average in many yeah. different things. That's me. Yeah. Above average. So that's how I live my life. Yeah. And, and then we were talking about the, the scoreboard before. Um, the whiteboard and it's a double-edged sword because you can compare yourself to other people but you also are keeping track of what you do mm-hmm. so I can look up there and see okay you know I I squatted this much last time I'm gonna try to put two and a half on each side I'm gonna try to add five pounds yeah so and that's the other thing that this has taught me is is to to try to always get better but then also understand when you yeah, so I was, I, was, I was just listening to a podcast today, um, and they were talking about PRs and how, like, there can be a danger, not a danger, but maybe the problem with always trying to hit a PR every time we have a max lift or a benchmark lift on the board is that you're going to strive to put those extra five pounds, even though maybe you didn't get enough sleep, or maybe you had a stressful work week, mm-hmm. or a number of different things that are going to affect how you lift that day and not make it possible to hit it, but you're going to try anyway because that number is up on the board. 
Um, so it's, it's an interesting thing to think about, you know. Yeah, it affects me too. That just the time I work out. If I, I can. Yeah, no, you know, definitely. If I, if definitely I come in at nine thirty in the morning after I've only had one meal, I'm not going to do as well as when I come at three thirty when I've already had four meals that day and mm-hmm. lots of carbs. Yeah, for sure. Nicole. Hey, I thought this question was about how we're carbs. <laughs> carbs. No, how we are in the outside world because of the functional body. Right? Well, that, that's true. Um, it's more or less what you've learned over the last couple of years. But I, uh, I'll take that too. Oh, uh, well. How has it changed you? I feel like, uh, I don't know. I approach everything in, with more of a sense of curiosity. Because when I started CrossFit, I didn't know what I was doing. And I still am a novice. at consider myself a novice at it. And so every workout we're doing every lift like I feel like I'm growing and learning and looking and so it's led you to be curious outside yeah because I yes because I was more I was like in this the circus workout and I was like that's all you need to do mm-hmm. and like it doesn't matter I don't need to squat but now I'm like oh, maybe. <laughs> Everybody yeah. needs to squat. no I never I never <laughs> squatted I'm serious which is why I probably can't squat that heavy now but I saw some Australian personal trainer in an article the other day telling um, one of my friends that owns a gym uh, in London, she posted it, and it was, women don't need to squat. They just need to eat this and then just walk. And she was posting it, like, why should a man be telling women what they should, should or should not be doing, which I agree with. But also the fact that they shouldn't squat or don't need to squat is... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's anything wrong with people not squatting. I didn't used to squat. However, I will tell you what it did bring up was that I found my hips were imbalanced. Yeah. Because when I was squatting, I was putting more weight on the other one. And then I had a hip problem for a second, which went into my knee, remember? Yeah. I was like, oh, my knee's messed up. But I went to the doctor and they're like, yeah, it's just your hips are weak. And I would, like I already had three ACL tears. I wouldn't have known that. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't started squatting because I didn't used to use my legs. I saw Nicole at the gym every day, like 20 minutes before class, <laughs> doing these very strange banded exercises, yeah. which turned out to be everything she needed to do to yeah. strengthen your hip and has worked, right? Yes. How'd you learn about those? Oh, the physical therapist. Oh, sweet. Not nice Burke because... My insurance isn't covered. Oh, that damn so insurance. It's hard when you can't go to the best physical therapist. In the <laughs> Stupid insurance. Uh, yeah. Lululemon needs to switch to Blue Cross. Also, I had a strength coach that said you should squat every day, and I still believe that's true. I think you can. I, I've just seen whether it's a different variation. There's yeah, there's a couple of different squat programs out there that are squat every day programs. The problem is, is you cannot squat every day and then also do everything else that we do. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and then I saw an interesting article and I was telling you this before we started, or maybe it was somebody else today. I don't know. Everything runs together. Um, but how you shouldn't be under a barbell every single day. And I didn't do that because, because of the effects on your CNS on your central nervous system, um, and how over time it just wears you down and opens you up to more injuries, which as you know, if you would ask, told me that three years ago, I'd have been like, that's stupid. <laughs> but at 36, I agree. Like, it's tough. And I mean, I take, I literally take rest days. When I'm at the gym sometimes and I have the ability to work out, but my body doesn't feel it, now I take a rest day. Before, I would have made myself work out. Um, so it's interesting how things change. And I just, 
feel like people need to evolve as they their bodies evolve over time. Um, and I also think there's many different like aspects to advice. There's no one size fits all for anyone. And rest days look different for everybody. Like, how's your rest day? Your rest day, you don't sit on the couch. You're still... I might. <laughs> but on some, on some days that you consider a rest day... You're like walking around. It just means that you're not going to touch a weight. You're still going to do some mobility or something. I mean, ideally, yes. But some rest days are for me. or just like coaching a few classes and then watching Netflix. So, so yes. There are some, some rest days for me. Ideally, no. I would, I would go on a walk with my dog, you know? Um... But I'll super honesty here, being a dad at two, running a business and having to coach classes and do all that stuff, like when I'm not working out, like it's chill time. So Yeah. I mean Sorry. you need your no, you need your don't apologize for that. Yeah. <laughs> don't apologize for anything. Don't apologize for that. You need awesome. everybody needs your chill time. Well, um, cool. I wanna ask you I wanna end with this guys. What is some advice maybe you would give to someone who is afraid to start in an environment that's like a group fitness model or, or roof fitness? Um, and they're like, oh, well, I need to get in shape or have all these excuses or sitting at home. What would be your advice to them to, to get started? Mine would be just do it. The community here specifically is so nice, so open so welcoming you can take things at your own pace mm -hmm. you know like if you want to just do the barbell just if you don't want to do any barbell don't do a barbell right. like absolutely everybody is so supportive everybody's at a different fitness journey and i think well i know everybody in the gym is respectful of that and encouraging mm -hmm. of everybody so if you need to take a rest day like take a rest day like but everybody's here and we and they have your back you know yeah and not just fitness in like your life as well which is very refreshing what about, though, like someone who's intimidated? What would you say to that person? Oh, intimidated. Well, same thing. I think everybody's here is supportive. And it's not like you have to be at a certain level. Like, right. every, I don't know anybody in the gym who just, like, struts around just like, yeah. Besides Brad. Besides Brad Besides with Brad. his curls. Uh. <laughs> Although I have a tendency sometimes when I'm really feeling myself to like walk around with my shirt off before Wear the class even starts. Pants. Or my white pants. Yes. Other than that, <laughs> I think everybody's really humbled and you know, wants everybody else to learn and will help you and respectful of everybody else's. It's not an intimidating environment. Everybody's encouraging, I'd say. Awesome. What about you, Brad? Well I'll start with this, because I've been told by people who now know me well that when they first saw me in the gym that I was intimidating. Uh, but you, you smile so big. I do, but I don't, and I don't mean to be. But <laughs> here's, gonna, let me interject real quick. So we, we, did, we, we recently did coaches surveys, um, and all of the members at Rue filled out a survey on all of our coaches, um, and one of our coaches, Kevin Curran, if you haven't met him, he's pretty jacked, um, and he's real big. He's probably one of the only persons, there's a few, but one of the only ones um, that can squat and deadlift more than Brad. Um, but anyway, somebody wrote in their comments, and it, it's funny, so I'm just going to share it, that they were intimidated by Kevin Kern at first due to his <laughs> muscle mass, which I think is awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And, and I think Was that, that you that said that? No. no. Okay. But anyway, you are saying, sorry. <laughs> I interrupted you. It's okay. Uh, so people come in and they think, 
um, oh, that person's going to judge me. And I'm not making this up. I, I've really heard this from people before. Um, they're going to judge me. Uh, oh, I can never look like that. I don't, and I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know who I'm going to judge is the person who's sitting on the couch eating potato chips and not doing anything about being fat, but Judging knows me. that they're fat. That's who I'm going to judge. Right. If you are in the gym, and, and this goes for all the gyms that I've ever worked out at, all the people that I've ever been friends with there. If you are in the gym working out, you are part of us. You are in our collective group. You are trying and trying to better yourself. Kudos to you for doing that. And really more respect for that. Right. Because it's harder for that 250 pound person to get on that treadmill and put them on an incline and walk. Yeah, if that's absolutely. all they're going to do. Than it is for my in-shape friend to put it on an incline and walk. I'm going to tell my in-shape friend, you get out there and you sprint. Get off that damn treadmill. But I'm going to tell that other person, like, I'm proud of you. Good job. Please come back tomorrow. And I'm – there should not be intimidated. That was the, the, the one thing I would say to people is don't think people are judging you negatively. If anything, I'm judging you positively for being here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason we don't have mirrors in the gym. Um, I know. Is there a reason? I've always wondered about that. I would never work out. I would what? just stare at myself. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I probably would too. So oh my, my mother-in-law says that I've never met a mirror that I didn't love. <laughs> wow! Wow, so, y'all! <laughs> a rose between yeah, two thorns, or should I say, a thorn between two roses? That's right. <laughs> Which one's right here, the rose or the thorn? She's the oh. thorn, we're the two roses. That's what we think, though. Right, right. <laughs> but anyway, all right, so you heard it here, folks. Don't be intimidated, just start, or we're judging you. No, no, no nobody's judging. No one's judging. Um, but we all love you, so come join our gym. Uh, check us out at Ru.Fitness. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Brad, for joining us. We wish Namaste. you the best in your journey towards happiness together as a couple and many more years in our gym, so. Peace. Bye. Thanks. That's fun. That's fun.